true crime lovers. My name is Haley. And this is Richa. And you are listening to Dimes of Crime. Woo! Yep. Welcome to episode four, people. Yeah. Tomorrow we are setting ourselves up for launch, which by the time you are listening to this, obviously will have been launched. So it's been pretty exciting, pretty stressful. It's been a long week. Uh, I started work again this week. Richa already has a full-time job, and we're both moms, so and bear with us. And we decided to start a podcast. <laughs> yeah. We th- and not that we're not having fun, but we thought, you know, hey, yeah. this is going to be a super easy thing to do, and, well, there's a lot of legal shit, and and there's a reason Lots they say it takes money for those people who have mom brains and can't remember login <laughs> passwords just fyi you know like does it, it just shout out to anyone who has a good way of writing down passwords that are also protected that is not a post-it note somewhere on your desk i would really appreciate that tip hit us up on our ig or like email or facebook i would really like to hear from you how you guys save all your fucking passwords everywhere <laughs> yeah definitely Oh hey, man! Hey, what are we talking about today? But also, what are you drinking? Uh, so I am drinking now. I am drinking a Malbec, uh, from Kirkland Signature. You know, uh, this is probably like a third time we've been drinking Costco wine. So. Costco for the win! Yeah, I am drinking Chivas Regal on ice <laughs> because that's my day today. And uh, I'm not going to judge myself, and I refuse to hear judgment from any of you guys who think that's bad at 10 p.m. At night. Uh, no judgment. <laughs> I literally got off work, and I was like, I got off work early, and I was like, my babysitter, we already paid, is there until 6. I'm going to go stop at the bar and have an old-fashioned. So I had an old-fashioned, and that was before I talked to you on the yeah. phone earlier today. Self-care. Yeah. I'm all about self-care. So here we are. Uh, today we are going to be talking about a very, very gnarly crime. Um, this one is very disturbing. <laughs> so disturbing. And Rich has already started. Whenever she gets nervous, she just starts laughing and then I laugh at her. So <laughs> if we laugh, it's not that we're being trying to be insensitive or anything like that. It's just that it's a very nervous laugh. So guys, this is just how I process anxiety and grief and, uh, the launch is tomorrow and she's talking about a <laughs> yeah she's talking about a really gnarly (laughs) yeah it's a very gnarly crime and so here's the thing when i went to go edit this episode for some reason it was gone so we're re-recording it so she already knows what happened so she's and we already had this like hysterical laughing fit on the first time we recorded so she's literally remembering all that and laughing i didn't think this would happen again guys this is not stage (laughs) i just actually have nervous jitters (laughs) okay moving on all right So that's going to bring me into the disclaimer for today's episode. And the disclaimer is if you are listening with your headphones on and you are around or not with your headphones on and you are around children or your husbands who do not appreciate true crime, please put those headphones on your AirPods or whatever. This is going to be very graphic, very bloody and everything mature. So. Yeah, just basically it's not for, you know, innocent, pure ears. So someone who doesn't like graphic, gory shit, don't put us on blast. (laughs) And also we're probably not the podcast for you if you don't like it. 
because we're going to be talking about true crime. This is what this podcast is about, true crime. So I'm sure even though I'm giving that disclaimer, I'll probably get some hate email about why do you think this is fun to talk about? Blah, 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 blah. Don't care. Don't hear about it. It's just literally going to go into junk mail. All right. So now let's get into the story today. And there is a lot that leads up to the actual crime. So there will be a lot of details that I'm just going to kind of skim over. But not only that, because like there's a lot of violent past and history that comes into this woman. So um, a lot of it was also hard to find. So there's not the greatest amount of like there's I know Rich is going to be asking me questions and I might not have the answers to. So you probably have the same question as she does. Go ahead and ask and I'll tell you whether I have the answers or not. Today we will be talking about Catherine Knight. And if you are here, I wouldn't be surprised if you have heard of her. She is Australia's most notorious female killer and was even given the name Australia's Hannibal Lecter. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> the story begins in 1971 in the small town of Aberdeen, New South Wales, which is a three-hour drive north of Sydney, Australia. The population of this town is just under 2,000 people currently. Again, this is a little town surrounded by countryside. The town is known for its mining. And if you have been listened this far, because this will be our fourth episode, you know I love my small towns. Catherine Mary Knight didn't have a very good childhood. She was born on October 24th, 1955 in Tenterfield Hospital, northwest of New South Wales. Wait, she Haley, born- I forgot this. Is she still alive? She is still alive. Okay, so 55, huh? So that means she's 45, 66 years old, 67 this year. Wow. Yeah. I was just doing the math. Okay. She was born a half hour after her twin sister, Joy. And the girl's parents were Barbara Ruffran, Ruffhan, sorry, Ruffran and Ken Knight. Now, Barbara was married to another man named Jack Ruffhan, on which she had four boys with, and her affair with Ken, who, by the way, was Jack's co-worker and friend. Co-worker, in quotes, friend, in mm-hmm. quotes. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Well, co-worker, you, there's no denying that, but, and friend, uh-huh, is he really your friend? Obviously not. Uh, so that was very scandalous at the time for this little conservative town. This caused a lot of backlash. So Barbara left her husband and two oldest sons in Aberdeen, and her two younger sons went and lived with their aunt in Sydney, and she moved with Ken and the girls to more Queensland, another small town, which is about a nine-hour drive from Aberdeen. Okay, so the mom shipped off the boys and so she took the girls? The two, so she sh- the two oldest stayed with her ex-husband. The two youngest she shipped off they live with their aunt Sydney, and then she took the girls and she moved to um, Queensland. Oh wait, so she had six kids? Is that am I counting that right? Yes. Okay. So I, Catherine and her twin sister Joy are living with the mom now. Yep. And more. Okay. Following. And Ken. Okay. Oh, that's right, because. Ken is Catherine's dad. Yeah, and Ken the, the, the original guy divorced her and left her, and she just moved. Obviously, yeah. yeah. Fuck that. Fuck that bitch. 
<laughs> Barbara and Ken had four kids together. They had Catherine and her twin sister, Joy, and two other kids after Barbara and Joy. So now Barbara has eight kids total, four kids with Jack and four kids with Ken. Jeez. Yeah. That's a She's lot of pregnancy, having guys. a litter. We've, we've both been pregnant. That's, that's just a lot of your life being pregnant and uncomfortable. Not that it's not a I joy, know. but still. <gasps> yeah. Holy moly. When Catherine was four years old, Jack, Barbara's first husband, died. So Barbara's two older sons moved in. And this was the beginning of the Brady Bunch family. So now she's living with six kids, right? Bar- um, Catherine and Joy, the two brothers who moved back, and the two kids she had with Ken. Yeah, exactly. Okay. And then the two young Well, technically still- four kids because uh, Catherine and Joy are his kids too. Okay. Yeah. And then the, the two other ones are still living with the aunt. Catherine dad, Catherine's dad, Ken, was a hardcore alcoholic. It was said he was very violent and would rape his wife, Barbara, up to 10 times a day. Jeez, 10 times a day. No wonder she was pregnant so much. But also, that's super- very sad. I don't mean to be insensitive about that. Sorry. Terrible. He was super abusive and would hit Barbara as well. And it wasn't hidden from the kids. They knew what was happening all the time. Barbara would... Con- in her children she would tell them details about her sex life and how much she hated sex and men she would she would tell them explicit details as as if they were her friends it's also been stated that Catherine was sexually abused by family members until she was the age of 11 although not by her father ken these claims have been confirmed by multiple family family members and psychiatrists believe it to be true jeez Later, Catherine's mom moved everyone back to that little conservative town of Aberdeen, New South Wales. At this time, Catherine was in high school. She attended Muswell Brook High School. Knight was known as what Knight was known as a bully and a loner, and she would often pick on smaller children. She once assaulted one boy at school with a weapon. Wow. What kind of weapon do you know? Or is that not like available? It didn't really say, but my guess is like a knife of some sort. Yeah, I was just trying to figure out, like, how violent her initial crime is, but, yeah, like, initial start or whatever. Because she didn't really get along with many kids at the school, she would end up quitting school at just 15 years old before even knowing how to read or write. Which, I don't know, I guess this is 1955, so by this time... I was going to say, you're 15, (sighs) you've been in school, and, like, what what point do they teach alphabets and, like, reading words and stuff? Yeah. She went on to get a job as a fabric cutter for a clothing factory, but just 12 months after she was hired at the fabric cutter, she left for what she would call her dream job, quote-unquote dream job. (laughs) Working at... A slaughterhouse. Drum roll. <laughs> yeah. Red flag. Red fucking flag. What 16-year-old girl wants to work at a slaughterhouse? Come on. Um, also, their dream job? That's weird. Exactly. Lock her up now. That's your dream job. Just lock her up. Well, For those of you guys there. who love butchering meat, the, this is not shade on you. We just are, you know. Silly girls, it's late night. No, I have shade on you. Please email me and tell me why <laughs> you like butchering animals, please. I mean, I like eating them, but please tell me why. I like eating you them, just it. not killing them. <laughs> yes. Oh my God. 
So it didn't take Catherine long to get promoted to a boner. (laughs) (laughs) We're mature. (laughs) I don't know if... I know Haley paused this time because last time she said that, I could not stop. (laughs) Oh, I still can't believe that's what they call it. Like they could have come up with... Like they could have called it a a D-boner. Wait, that's not any better. (laughs) So I don't know if that's what it's called, but I just wanted to say it. (laughs) So she worked on animal carcasses in the boning room, which that is what they call it. <laughs> like, what is this, the real world in MTV? Like, smush room or whatever? <laughs> Never mind, this is the grosser version. All right, serious oh, face. Okay, okay, moving on. This is where she would take all the meat off the bones and even extract bone marrow. Coworkers said she was really good at her job. She really knew how to handle her knives, and she was even given her own set of butcher knives. At the age of 17, she would hang her knives over her bed so they would always be handy. Oh, wait, sorry. Quote, unquote, would always be handy if I needed them, end quote. That's also scary. What if it falls on you? You must have some, like, a lot of faith in whatever's holding them above your head when you sleep. That would freak me out. And I don't know if you just saw the last reel I posted on Instagram, but in the slideshow of the reels, there's a picture of how she hung her her knives and shit. Checking it out now. So go ahead and check that out. (laughs) So this is a practice that she would keep with her in every home she would continue on to for the rest of her life. Or whatever. So we'll find out what happens to her. So Catherine is Catherine is 18 years old at this time, and she falls in love with a man who is 22 years old, and his name is David Kellett. At this time, it is 1973. David was a coworker of Catherine's from the slaughterhouse. David had a strong drinking problem. It stemmed from a couple traumatic events that happened to him. One was when he saw his friends die in a shunting accident, at his job working for Coffs Harbors, which is a railroad. Now, I had to Google what shunting is, and it's a, quote, the process of sorting items of rolling stock into complete trains, end quote. Mm, I was going to ask you what shunting is, but you answered my question already. Okay. Yeah. Then the other one is when he rescued, and this is really fucking sad. So the other one is when he rescued injured people off a school bus in Kempsey, which had been struck by a train. In that accident, six children were killed. So yeah, I would probably be an alcoholic too. Yeah, that's a really gruesome image to live with, to be honest. Yeah, I would definitely be drinking or doing hardcore drugs. Yeah, we're drinking now and we haven't even seen anything remotely as bad as that. I'd be drinking a bottle or two of these every single day, probably. (laughs) Yeah. So Catherine asked David to marry her, and he said yes. The couple got married in 1974. So now she's 19. Yeah, Yeah. she's 19. Okay. Yep. Arriving to their service, David was driving a motorcycle with Catherine on the back, and they were completely wasted. As soon as they arrived, Catherine's mother, Barbara, gave David some advice. I'm just going to straight up quote what she said. 
quote, you better watch this one or she'll fucking kill you. Oh, my God. Stir her up the wrong way or do the wrong thing and you're fucked. Don't ever think of playing up on her. She'll fucking kill you. Foreshadowing She's got a, much? <laughs> yeah. She's got a screw loose somewhere, end quote. Oh, my God. And when she says, like, can Don't you imagine if about- our mother-in-law said that to us on our wedding day about our husbands? <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, what would you do? Would you get married or would you run for the hills? <laughs> I honestly, it, this is like this. This now that I'm married to my husband, like it sounds bad to say that I would run away. But yeah, if like a close family member member told me. Don't fuck with this person. They'll kill you. Sleep with one eye open. They'll kill you. And basically end every <laughs> sentence with they'll kill you. I might run away. <laughs> oh, my God. I don't know what I would do. The first rule like, of like true crime listeners is don't ignore your gut. So if my gut's telling me to run away, I might run away. I know. I think at, through the episodes, we're going to have to have our own set of dimes of crime rules. And we have to come up with some kind of name for our fans. Okay. Like obviously, I'm, crime junkies has crime or crime junkies, but like we have to come up with something good for our fans, and we'll have to have rules for our fans. It's red flags, don't date a butcher, and and go <laughs> there. <laughs> don't date a butcher. Sorry, guys. Haley is out for you guys. You're never gonna find another date ever. <laughs> Not that they're a fan of us. <sighs> did Catherine have a screw loose? Yes, she fucking she. Yes, she did. The night of the wedding, Catherine and David went to their hotel and they had sex three times. Now, don't ask me how I fucking know they had sex three times. I just know. Okay. Yeah. I really am interesting. Like who is reporting this? <laughs> I'm how guessing. How do you know? Well, uh, fast forward to the future. David Kellett's still alive. So he can obviously, you know. Yeah. For all of you guys, interview. you guys can breed. This is not Game of Thrones where every second person dies. <laughs> And it's not um, Vampire Diaries where we kill everyone and bring them back. (laughs) No resurrections here. So you're dead. You're dead. (laughs) (laughs) So David fell asleep after the third time and this pissed Catherine off. So apparently Catherine, like, I don't know, she'd been talking to her friends and her family. But like, you know, they were bragging and they're like, oh, we had sex this many times on our wedding night. So guys, just don't brag about your wedding night to people. okay? like it creates it creates a complex and stop stop exaggerating it. We all know that no one did it fucking three times. Wedding planning is stressful. The night of the wedding, the day of the wedding, you're drunk as fuck. No judgment. <laughs> You're not. Doing we don't it care if you time. pass out and you don't have sex. Okay, like it's yeah. all good. Just don't talk about it. Okay, like it's and- clearly it's creating complexes and enough for people to murder shit people with knives. Just don't talk and- about it. And and let's not also not stop talking about it, but stop asking people how was your wedding night. Okay, it's just awkward. That's so we all know you no have one sex, asked me maybe that. no one asked me. That. <laughs> I'm pretty so sure people. I had family members ask, so how was your wedding night? And I'm what? like, do we mean like the actual wedding <laughs> or like going home? <laughs> That's weird. And all I could think of is, we know what you did last summer. <laughs> That's I can't what sing, you could so. think of. <laughs> yeah, the song. <laughs> not the movie. Connor better not be listening to this about this is what you were thinking the first night. <laughs> no, when somebody asked me that. Oh, That's what I, think. I was like, Haley, that is really weird. <laughs> Last summer, he was doing me. Sorry, Mom and Dad. (laughs) Well, I mean, how do they think crew came about? (laughs) That's true. 
Oh, God. <sighs> okay, so David fell asleep after the third time, and this pissed Catherine off. So she awoke. So he, so yeah, so she awoke David by strangling him until he passed out again. What the so fuck? he's sleeping, peaceful David, just sleeping. And this crazy bitch goes over him and starts strangling him until he like wakes up and realizes what happens. Just I mean, so he did he give her a good cuddle? He better I mean, have cuddled. I'm not saying that that's reason for strangulation. Just saying cuddle your partners. Oh, gosh. I hate cuddling. Oh, Sorry. my God. <laughs> Never mind. I like, dude. I, especially after having crew, I have like such hot flashes. Like I don't want to be touched when I'm going to bed. There's that uh, there's that term people use, right? You're like all touched out, especially if you're like a breastfeeding mom or were a breastfeeding yeah. mom. You're just like, I can't handle any more touches for the day. Okay. Like someone's been on my boob like probably multiple times today and they were hanging on to me because they were clingy and we both love our babies. We know that, but it is true. Like we do feel completely touched out. So I, yeah, I feel you. Out. after being a mom and when I was pregnant, I was really hot all the time when I was pregnant. And now I just don't like cuddling. I just want to sleep in peace without someone like mm-hmm. touching me, touching me. Yep. And then I have two dogs, too. They're just on me all the time. Oh, my God. Yes. Your dogs are so stuck to you. Like, I can't even imagine. <laughs> they would can't probably like sleep in you if it was possible. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> yep. And I, my husband, too. <laughs> yeah, all three. And crew. So, yeah. Just like I need a daughter or something that doesn't like to cuddle. All right. So it was like a light switched right after they got married. Catherine was no longer hiding who she was. She started showing her real colors to David. The marriage, it was very violent after that. So on occasion, on one occasion, a pregnant Catherine burned all of David's clothes and shoes before she hit him over the head with a frying pan. Jeez. All because he came home late from a darts competition because he reached the finals. Now, I'm just picturing David, happy as can be, at a bar, playing darts with his buddies. Happy he got into the finals, probably winning some cash. Then he's coming home to his very angry, very pregnant wife, where she probably had a bonfire out in the backyard with all his clothes and shoes burning. And then he arrives like, what the fuck is going on? And she hits him over the head with a frying pan. This bitch be cray cray. She was already cray cray. Can you imagine hormonal cray cray? Oh, my God. God. <laughs> I was crazy when I was pregnant. <laughs> I wish our listeners could see your eyeballs right now. You're like big white eyes. Yeah. So David is still cautious at this point and fearful for his life, rightfully. So he runs to a neighbor's house where he eventually collapses. The police were called. He was taken into the hospital where he was found to have a fractured skull. Police wanted David to press charges against Catherine, but instead of being wise and pressing charges, he goes back to her. Okay, second rule. Somebody hits you over the frying pan in the head. Then you leave. And after your mother-in-law has announced to the world that she might fucking kill you. So don't date a butcher. <laughs> maybe don't consider going back. If but their I own get... family member says they're they're nuts. And and then you get hit in a frying pan or you get strangled. Please. And I, I know domestic violence is not no yeah, joke and no laughing say. matter. And I know that it's hard. And I know that it's not just like black and white and all that 
stuff i understand and love is really blind but please like seek the help that you deserve because nobody deserves to be treated that way man or women you know this happens to not yeah. only women i know it's more higher in women and there's resources out there you know if you guys think that you guys are down on your luck and there's nowhere else to go yeah. there's definitely resources out there we joke but we understand that sometimes for people actually who are abused, it's hard Richa, you should, while we're talking about this, Google a hotline for domestic violence, and we'll put it at the end of our podcast. So in May 1975, shortly after the birth of their first child, Melissa Ann, David leaves Catherine for another woman and runs away to Queensland, Australia. Catherine brings her brand new baby home, and it wasn't long after she brought her home that neighbors saw Catherine swinging her newborn from side to side in a carrier. And it wasn't just like rocking air. It was a violent enough that the police came and took Catherine into a mental facility. Jeez. This is her first child, right? Yeah. So she was diagnosed with postpartum depression and spent several weeks recovering. After being released, she takes her daughter, Melissa, who is two months old at the time, and puts her on a train tracks and walks away. She then stole axe from someone's backyard, went into town, and was telling people she was going to kill them at random. Oh, my gosh. Thankfully, and I know, so during this time, she's like, puts her baby on these, these newborn, the, the train tracks. She's leaving. She steals an axe. And she's just in town swinging this axe, telling people, I'm going to kill you. I'm going to kill you. Now, luckily, back to the train tracks, some man hears a baby crying and runs to the train tracks, which end up saving Melissa just two minutes before the train was due. Catherine was arrested and taken back to St. Elms, which is a mental facility. However, she was able to sign herself out the following day. And that really just goes to show how shitty, like, people don't take mental health and that fact that you, like, have to want to get help, which is, I understand, but also frustrating, especially with people who, like, I have family who have mental health problems and they have been signed into facilities and it's very irritating when they've, like, literally tried to kill themselves and they'll only hold you for 24 hours. Uh, yeah. <clears throat> Mental health is not a joke. I know that from personal experience. And um, yeah, I'll leave it at that for now because I know that we have more of the case to cover. But it is, I do say from experience and maybe at some point I'll share more. Don't take that lady. So it was only a few days later when Catherine slashes the face of a woman with one of her butcher knives and demanded the woman take her to Queensland to find David. The woman, however, escaped when they stopped at a gas station. So by the time the police got there, Catherine had already taken off, but she didn't take off alone. She was holding a young boy hostage by knife point. The young boy was the mechanic who fixed David's car. She was planning on killing him because he fixed the car in which David had left her in. Police arrived and disarmed Catherine, and she was then taken to a different psychiatric hospital. Police informed David of Catherine's plan, of which she was planning on finding him and killing him and his new girlfriend. They also told him that she was not well and she was taken into a psychiatric. Say that word for me. Thank psychiatric hospital. I cannot say <laughs> words sometimes. So you know what he does. 
when he finds out all this information, mm. you already know. Oh, God. Yeah. He yes. goes back to her. He leaves his girlfriend and moves back to Aberdeen to support Catherine. On August 9th, Gosh. 1976, Catherine was released into the care of her mother and her husband, David. 1983, Catherine and David had another daughter named Natasha. In 1984, Catherine leaves David and she moves back in with her parents. This is until she goes back to her job and gets her own place, a house she was renting, which was near the slaughterhouse. But unfortunately for Catherine, she hurt herself at work and now needed government assistance. Catherine met another man named David. (laughs) (laughs) So original. David Saunders. In 1986, he was 38. Wait, so we got to keep track of all the Davids. What was the first David's last name? Kellett. David Kellett. David Kellett. David Saunders. Mm-hmm. DK and DS. Okay. In 1986, he was 38 and she was 31. It gets confusing. Oh, damn. So she stayed married or in a relationship with the other David for almost um, over 10 years. Or, Yeah. Yeah, and they almost. Had... Wait, nineteen to twenty nine is ten. Yeah, twelve years. Wow, someone lasted with her for twelve years after all that shit. Oh, kudos, I know, to that right? Guy. And they okay. had two kids together. Frying pan one time wasn't enough, huh, David? Or getting okay. choked on your wedding night. Yeah, that's a lot. Okay, moving on. So it gets kind of confusing. So we're just gonna call David. Saunders Saunders I'm just gonna call him by his last name which is like how all the articles do it but I like to keep it personal but with David 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 we're just gonna go with Saunders yeah after only a few months of dating Saunders they move in he moves in with Catherine and her two daughters although he also keeps his old apartment as well now this really pisses off Catherine she felt like Saunders was living two lives so, like always, she becomes very violent. Just really quickly, even if you had a normal relationship, how would you feel about your husband keeping an old apartment that they used to live in? I wouldn't like it. But actually, yeah, I wouldn't like it either. So that's a very it. normal reaction. Definitely. That just being mad. This is, that... this is actually an episode in Sex and the City where like um, Carrie and Aiden get together. I don't know if you've seen Sex and the City. You're probably way too young for that. For those who don't know, Haley is a baby ish <laughs> compared i know to me. sex in the city uh, and uh the part where carrie and aiden carrie keeps her old apartment aiden's not happy about it and i wouldn't be happy either thinking about it like if if drew kept his old apartment after even if we moved in i would be like what this is like one foot in one foot out sort of thing like you already have plan b set up over here like i wouldn't like it so so i think that's exactly how she felt but she doesn't really hold her emotions like we hold our emotions yeah you mean like she didn't have like a sensible conversation with him about it she just went in and him with the frying pan. i mean i don't Sorry. again nervous laughter. i don't know exactly but yeah something <laughs> like that hmm like this started a cycle they get really upset and then they get in a fight things would become very violent they would catherine would throw him out and saunders would go back to his apartment then catherine would beg him to come back so that was like an ongoing cycle. Jeez. In May of 1987, yeah. Catherine slits the throat of Saunders' two-month-old <gasps> puppy in front of him 
to show him what would happen if he ever cheated on her. That's crazy. Okay, I mean, for all those people who don't think that us as moms will still love our pets, I I would kill for someone who killed my cat. And you would do the same for your dogs. Like, if someone came for my pet... 100%. Like, I'm just as protective of my pet as I am of my child. Okay, just kidding. I do like my child a little bit, tiny bit more. But I am very, I am very protective of my (laughs) pets. And the number of times people told me that I would not care about my pet as much once I was a mom, you were all wrong. (laughs) I am a little bit, like, I feel the same way, 100%. Like, if somebody killed my dog, especially slit his throat in front of me, you bet, like, I, I'm probably going Dude, to jail. I'm I probably am, going to jail. Yeah. I'm seeing red. Or I might around. die. And it's like, like but yeah. I definitely love my baby more than my dogs. But I do love my dogs a lot. Yes. I do. I do too. But still, I mean, I've had my cat forever. And yes, I know that she's just an animal, but she's been through some really hard times with me when it was just me and yeah. her. So and I cannot. I do owe her. I do owe her that. And I, I got tucks because I was struggling with depression. So. Anyways, so after she slits the throat of their two-month-old pup or his two-month-old puppy, just to sit, be like, why, this is what's going to happen if you cheat on me, she then hits him over the head with a fucking frying pan. Oh, my God. There's another, like, this is not, hitting each other, hitting someone with a frying pan entangled was cute. This is not cute. Entangled. Have you watched Tangled? Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm, like, aging myself slash, like, telling people that I like Disney and Pixar movies. Tangled is a really good movie for those of you guys who haven't watched it. Oh, wait. I think I have. Does she, she hit her why mom? She hits him. Yeah. No, it's the one with, like, the girl has Yeah, she, it's basically it's Rapunzel. Like Rapunzel yeah. makeup. Yeah, but it's also a really fucked up story. Really, just she just gets kidnapped and then she has Stockholm Syndrome for, like, a All the Disney time. movies are fucked That's up. Re- that's really what that movie is about. But still, guys, it is a really good movie. To watch. All the Disney's are messed up. All right. So there was no fight that led up to this. She just said she, she did it because she was cranky. Well, do you think Saunders leaves? Uh, no. Nope. He stays. In June of 1988, they had a daughter named Sarah. So this is Catherine's third child. After she tried to kill one already, but after the birth of their daughter, Saunders buys them a house. Catherine decorated the whole house with animal skins and skulls. She had pitchforks and knives everywhere. Well, yeah, she probably got it all from the boning room. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no space was left uncovered. It wasn't long after the move that mm-hmm. Saunders and her got into a fight where she hit him in the face with a clothing iron and stabbed him with a pair of scissors. Why do people have keep continuing to have like heavy weighted items around her? Like, just take that shit away. Because like literally anything like you have a plant. Well, that could be used against you. Oh, you got a computer that could be used against you. Oh, wine glass. Oh you're God. fucked. <laughs> like what? Like literally everything. <laughs> You know what? That's so funny. Is I was thinking about like people should treat her like Hannibal Lecter, and that's what they called her. Yeah. But you know how like Hannibal Lecter in all those movies is like his face is tied and he's like handcuffed and like mummy wrapped. Like, that's how basically Catherine should have lived. Then you should look at the photo of her now. It's weird. So now instead of going to the police, he runs and goes into hiding. Catherine tried finding him, but no one would give his whereabouts. Catherine went to the police and told them that she was afraid of him. So they issued her a apprehended violence order against Saunders. 
when he did come back a couple months later to try and get his daughter, but he was unable to because of the police order. Wait a minute. So the police were like, no, no, no. Stay with this lady who keeps finding heavy, heavy handed objects to hit people with and has already tried to kill a child. Don't don't send a child with this sane human being who has not tried to kill or hit people. yet. Wow. Okay. Land down under. I'm questioning your uh, child protective services there a little bit. <clears throat> yeah, I don't really know. I have no idea why they did that. But she pulled it like basically, I guess, like a restraining order or whatever against him. And then he wasn't able to get his daughter, Sarah, which is really sad. In 1990, Catherine met another man named John Chillingworth. She got pregnant. Ooh, not a David. Not a yeah. David. She got pregnant and had his son named Eric. So she finally had a boy. Their relationship lasted three years with no drama before she left him for a man that she was having an affair with named John Price. Now, I kind of think that she... Wait, so David, David, John, and John? John and John, David. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. David, David, John, and John. Okay. Wow. I mean, it is 55. I count... What? So the day the names don't just did they? You were just born and you were either. David I can tell John. you how many Johns, Davids, Chris's, Scotts that I know. It's a lot. That's true. I guess there are day there are like decades where names are popular. Yeah, right? Chuck. Okay. Um, but whatever. Besides that, so I, I think so there was no. She leaves David for a John, stays with him for three years, and then she leaves this first john for yeah and i think there's no drama in their relationship because she was having an affair the whole time so like she wasn't worried about what he was doing because she was all fucking around hey so the trick is to keep her occupied with multiple men (laughs) exactly okay so in 1950 1995 catherine met john charles thomas price he was born april 4th 1955 so they're both 40 okay so John had three children from a previous marriage, which ended in 1988. His youngest daughter stayed with his wife while the older two children lived with him, which I also don't know why they always get split up. Parents. Oh, shit. This is we need to get this is where it yeah. gets bumpy, right? This is the bumpy road. OK, guys, buckle up. This is about to get bumpy and Rich is about to do a lot of giggle. Fits. <laughs> yes. <sighs> hey, it's fucking gnarly, guys. I'm sorry. I couldn't not not do this case, though, so. No, this case is amazing slash horrifying slash grotesque slash very intriguing. The youngest daughter stayed with his wife and the older two children lived with him. It's been reported that John's kids really liked Catherine. People would describe John as a great man. He was a very hard worker and just seemed very well liked by the community. John also had a drinking problem as well, but he seemed to be a functional alcoholic, never letting a hangover get in the way of his work. He worked at the local mines and had a decent, he made a decent amount of money. It wasn't long before Catherine moved into John's house. It's been stated that John was well aware, well aware. Do they say where Catherine's kids are? Like, does she move in with her Yeah, kids, she does. Or? I think she moves in with her kids. Okay. She, all of them? Yeah. All, or like she or has, some with the dad? She has three. Okay, so she has four now. She has three daughters three. and a son named Eric. Okay, so she does have four. Melissa, Sarah, Eric, and we don't know the other daughter's name, right? Right. So it's been stated that John was well aware of Catherine's violent past. But I guess he was really happy, so that's all that matters. So he moves in. This this must have been like a real small town because I don't understand 
how someone who has this much history can continue to keep finding suitors. Like I remember dating and it was hard to find like, you know, a a viable man to date that wasn't a man child, (laughs) you know, enter my husband, the brother I never wanted Hard to find (laughs) your sister. He never wanted, which is what they have this joke, guys, that never I will never understand it. Haley is the soulmate I never knew I needed, but I wanted. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, so in 1998, Catherine asked John to marry her, but he refused, probably because he knew about her shit. He didn't want to get married. Smartest decision he ever made. Well, maybe not. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Probably should have left. That would have been the most smartest decision he ever made. John told Catherine no, and thus this really also fucking pissed Catherine off. And we know when Catherine's mad, she ain't fucking around. I drill frying pans. (laughs) And your I drill butcher knives. (laughs) She gonna come get them all. (laughs) Friends would say that Catherine was really emotionally abusive and physically too. Now, at this point, we know Catherine, and we know she doesn't just fight clean. You know what she does in retaliation of him not wanting to get married? I know you know, so I won't look. If you say frying pan again, I might You already know, because we already did the story. Well, you might have forgot. But she goes, John was working at the mines, right? And so they had these medical kits, and they were expired, So what they do with all these expired medical kits, which is like a first aid kit, they throw them in the trash. Well, John took them out of the trash and he brought them home. Like, okay, this is going to waste. I'm going to take it home to my family and I might use these later. She takes a photo and she sends it to his work and his work considers it stealing. And they fire him after 17 years of John working there. Catherine and the company. Like, after 17 years of service, I agree. give the man another chance, people. Like, yeah, write him up yeah, or something. Warning. Like, fuck. You know? Yeah. Hey, please don't take those again. Like. Yeah. It could have been just like, um, you know, by not intentional, not stealing. He just thought, like he's like you said, it was going to waste. So just maybe put up a company policy. Like, hey, guys, these medical kits, just don't take them. <laughs> it's considered theft. Or, yeah, I don't know. I, I think it's fucked up. I think anyone that throws shit away. It's like the same thing with, like, restaurants throwing food away. I think they have to because they risk, like, sickness and stuff. But I did work for a nonprofit where we would go to all these restaurants and take the food that they were going to throw in. We would go and give it to homeless people. You can also give so. it to fucking, like, pigs and stuff on farms. Like, we don't That's have true. to throw it away. But yeah, or, or like the homeless people who are starving right there. But yeah, pigs. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah, I agree. But like, you don't want to give homeless people sick. But like pigs, like they can literally eat your vomit and be fine. Ew. Yeah, okay. I've watched it happen. First hand. <laughs> oh my God. Did you know pigs are actually really, really clean animals? Hmm. They eat garbage, but they actually keep themselves really clean. And they roll around in mud as a way to keep themselves They're cool. really cute. I love cute? pigs. I love pigs. Pigs no, and cows oh are so cute. I should probably be a vegetarian. Cows freak me out. Guys, I, I'm from India. Cows just freak me out. I thought okay? they're considered they're everywhere. sacred. They are sacred, but that doesn't mean I can't be freaked out by them. Like, they have giant horns. They can impale people. And just, it's Cows scary. kill more people a year than sharks, so you're not wrong. Well, 
I mean, don't piss them off, okay? They're 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 nice and docile until you sh- piss them off, okay? Just don't do it. <laughs> Just stay away from cows. They're not like they are domesticated, but they do have trigger points like every other animal. But yes, they freak me out. Cows and birds freak me out. Side note. Oh my god, that's like my worst nightmare. Oh, so John kicks Catherine out like obviously also gets fired yeah. so yeah. he gets, so fired, gets fired, fired from a job that he's and... making good money at that he had for 17 years and he was like all right mm-hmm. yeah bitch you're out you're on the curb you're done yeah gone okay well some wait the kids gone too or the kids I'm pretty sure him? he was like kids too I don't fucking know okay there's not a whole lot on that like you can't even find his kids nowadays or whatever so Catherine being Catherine she weasels her way back in t- just a few months later. Oh, gosh. This guy's not even married to her. My gosh. She must have been really good in bed or something. That's what I'm like, saying. This is the same thing I asked last time. I can't the fuck figure out why is it that people keep taking her back after all the shit. Like, if I did even a tenth of this shit to Drew, I would never see my family again. <laughs> yeah. Bye. Okay, never mind. Okay, so she's back. So Catherine moves back into John's house. She still keeps pressuring John into getting married. He keeps telling her, no, I see what you're capable of. Bitch, no, we're not getting married. Leads more and more to... Leads more to... (laughs) So it leads to more and more fights. (laughs) (laughs) All right. (laughs) <laughs> guys we're yeah. both losing it okay it's fine uh, we're yes. all fine if we've made it this far if you're even listening to this and it means that we are that a million times but anyway so they fight more because he won't marry her same fight over and over again to the point where the friends and family like they really are concerned for john's safety and they're like just kind of annoyed about all the drama and like why the fuck do you keep taking this woman back so like we're keeping our distance so we're not talking to either of you so uh, John eventually breaks things off with Catherine again. And at this point, she wouldn't leave his house. Oh, my God. Yeah. He had to call the cops to try and get her out. And the cops say that he needs a court order to remove her from his house, which I've actually been researching a lot about recently and not even towards this like case. But like apparently, like if you were to get evicted from your house and uh, you like have 45 days to leave, you literally have to go into the court and the court has to determine that you actually got evicted and that you can leave before like so if you get like an eviction notice just on your door it says you have 45 days to leave like nobody can do anything about that until you actually go to court yeah it also depends on state laws because i am oh yeah you own a place but um yeah california is a really renter friendly place um i rent so i'm not saying that renter um protection shouldn't exist but some states do go like like literally you could squat in an abandoned house in california and it's so yours yeah you legally have the residence to it and someone now has to go through a full-on eviction proceeding to get you the fuck out like it's ridiculous california get your shit together (laughs) yeah so that's what i've been kind of learning recently but not that i would ever squat someone's house but it's crazy so in February 2000, they get in a pretty bad fight. Catherine ends up stabbing him in the chest. Now, I don't know how oh, bad wow. the stabbing was. I did was. not remember that she actually, like, stabs him in the chest. 
Yeah, and I don't know if it was with a knife or, like, scissors or what, but it's not bad enough to the fact that, like, he goes to the hospital. Like, so what he does is he goes, he starts driving and he goes to, on his way to work, and he stops to go to the police station and he pulls out a restraining order against Catherine. And, um, to keep him her away from her and him and his children. So then he goes to work. And I think John knew something really bad was going to happen because when he went to work, he told his coworkers that if he didn't come back to work the next day, it would be because Catherine murdered him. His coworkers Again, begged to him. Gut guys. If you think your murderous, murderous ass wife is going to kill you or do something bad to you, just don't go home. Just well, your parents, no, friends. this this part I get. This part I get. So he, his coworkers are begging him, like the same shit, like don't go home. Oh shit, don't his kids, home. his kids. So he's like, I'm afraid that if I don't go home, Catherine's gonna kill my children. Mm. Now, not saying that everything he does following, and we'll get to that. Is, what year is this again? I'm trying to figure out their cell phones or not. This is February 2000. Oh, there were cell phones. Call your kids, yeah. okay, John? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Text them. Text whoever's watching them. Call their, uh, whatever you call it, teachers. Yeah. Text a neighbor to be like, can you just go check on my kid, please? This bitch is probably going to kill me <laughs> if I don't come to work tomorrow. That's why. When he arrives home, he found that Catherine was not there. She actually sent his kids away to stay at friend's house and i think her kids too because there's no kids home nobody's home red flag as soon as i know my kids are not there i'm bolting also like out. i don't know if you like called to bitch. confirm that but like he doesn't seem too worried so john went over to his neighbor's house hung out till about 11 p.m he's probably slaying up drinks eating some food yeah, I'm just sleeping over after 11 he would go home and he would fall asleep in his own bed so Catherine's still not there but she then shows up and she comes through the house. She walks through the door. She mm-hmm. watches some TV. She sits on the couch and watches TV. After she's done watching TV, she goes upstairs, takes a shower. She goes to the room and then wakes up John so that they can have some sex. Just casual sex. No worries. This bitch might murder me, but I'm going to have sex with her. Makes sense. Though they have sex and John goes back to bed. Mm. Don't sleep on Catherine after you had sex. We learned that the first yeah, time. Yeah, but nothing's happened. Like, they had sex, like, whatever. She stabbed him, and he, they had sex, like, whatever. I don't I don't know. No big deal. Nothing to <laughs> It doesn't make folks. any sense, but well, I'm just going with it. <laughs> just, like, breeze past this and move on. Well, Catherine keeps a butcher's knife in the nightstand by the bed, and she stabs John 37 times. That's a lot of stabbing. Like, that's some, like, arm workout. That's really anger, too. A lot of anger. So John wakes up in the middle of being stabbed and it's dark and he tries to turn the light on and he's running from Catherine. But eventually he died before he made it out. After Catherine kills John, she takes a bunch of sleeping pills, maybe to try and kill herself, but who knows? So she falls into a deep sleep. The next day, when John didn't show up for work, his coworkers started panicking. They knew something had happened to him. Because he said, if he didn't show up to work, that he was murdered by Catherine. So they call the police and tell them what John had said the day before. And that he wasn't at work 
which was unlike him. The police then show up. They're doing a wellness check and they're knocking on the door. No one is answering. The cops look through the mail slot that is in front to see what they could see. Now, the police report said that there was a curtain that was blocking the cops' view, so the cops proceeded into the house. I don't think it was locked. So, like, I don't really know. But they didn't, like... There's a lot of shows and episodes you cover where people just don't lock their houses. Like, you murder someone, you fucking lock your house. Like, I don't fucking know. (laughs) (laughs) I lock my house anyways, but... And you live in California, so you've guaranteed lock your house. Oh, yeah. Actually, I know that because I showed up at your house in the middle of the night and you thought I was a murder serial killer. <laughs> yeah, I was about to call 911 on your ass. And I was like, who's this crazy lady? <laughs> Drunk lady knocking on my door holding a, at 11 holding a toddler. at night. <laughs> All right. Anyways, they go in and they walk towards this curtain. One cop, one cop thought it was a curtain. The other cop thought it was a big blanket. They also see blood everywhere in the room. So they knew something really bad had that happened gave me here. shivers. They proceeded further, and one cop moves the curtain with his arm to kind of investigate further when he notices that his whole arm is covered in blood. Ugh, gosh. So he looks closer at this curtain and realizes, guess what? It's not a fucking curtain. It's skin hanging from the doorway he looks down on the ground and realizes there is a torso but no head ew so they keep going in further where there's just blood everywhere they walk into the kitchen where they see plates of food ready to be served now on the plates were meat potatoes pumpkin zucchini and gravy Mm. next to the plates of food were name tags. They go upstairs where they hear someone snoring behind a door. Okay. They go further inside. They open the room where the snoring is coming from, and there is Catherine on the bed sleeping. They tried to wake her up but couldn't, so they carried her outside and put her on the lawn. They go back inside and saw some more things they did not want to see. No one would ever want to see. The cops noticed that the stove was on and there was actually something cooking. And as the cops approached the stove, they saw John's head cooking in what looked like stew. When the forensic team shows up, they're able to tell what had happened by the blood spatters. And who fucking knew that you can tell a lot by blood spatters? I mean, Dexter, I thought that was just like dramatic. I knew about that. I've I've, I've read and listened to way too much true crime to not know that. Not not know yeah. That. So they could tell that Catherine was stabbing John while he was sleeping. That he woke up and tried to turn on a light. He was running down the hall and even made it to the door. When he got to the door, they were able to tell that Catherine then grabbed him and dragged him in the living room, where she proceeded to skin him and behead him. She put his head in a pot and made up five plates. She was planning to feeding to, as I think, to just his children. They knew this by the name tags she placed by each plate. And then, like, remember how I said she couldn't read or write? So, like, you can Google the names. It's, like, really fucking, like, you can barely make out what she's trying to say. And I thought about putting it in here, but I decided not to because, like, if I even read it out loud, it would literally make no sense. But she basically, like, wrote things like, you're 
dad raped you and shit like that, which all proved to not be true. Yeah. So the fifth plate she put in the backyard, they think she was going to eat it, but couldn't go through with it is what one report said. Another report said that she was going to feed it to their dog, but I couldn't even find out if they had a dog. So I think what happened is she like, she probably slit his throat too. Probably. So I think what happened is like, she couldn't eat it. Like she was made it up and then she like couldn't eat a human. She like probably got grossed out. I don't know. I'd hope so grossed out by eating him but didn't get grossed out when she was butchering the shit out of him yeah right so the investigators put a timeline based on the evidence so Catherine kills john cooks him etc she takes a shower and takes his bank card and withdraws one thousand dollars they don't know what she did with that money they never found the money they think she might have buried it it was like part of her escape plan What's her plan to feed his children and then them not realize that there's blood everywhere and be like, what the fuck is going on? Who knows? Like, how did you expect that these kids were going to come have dinner with you and be like, hey, where's my dad? And why is there blood everywhere? And why is there a torso and skin hanging? Like, I'm not going in that house. It took four days before Catherine woke up from a coma. So the sleeping pills put her in a coma. When she awoke and police started questioning her, she had no memory of what had she what she had done, which I really don't believe. It took a long time before she admitted to murdering John, but to this day, she still hasn't admitted to why. What was the motive? During the trial, she thought she would get away with it if she acted crazy. My dog's having a nightmare. <laughs> the ducks are stone. That stone. He's the one that always has an nightmare. So she like tried to act crazy, <laughs> which honestly has worked for her in the past. So she she's like, why not? I'm going to try to be crazy. So during the trial, she pled not guilty. But halfway through, she actually changed and pled guilty. This made the judge nervous because now she's pleading guilty on reasons for sanity. A psychiatrist that did an evaluation on her. Honestly, this is the one case where I might believe that she might be insane. Like, this is just too much, guys. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. But she's definitely insane. But, like, you also plan this shit out. So, I don't know. Psychiatrist did an evaluation on her and said that she was in her right mind and she knew exactly what she was doing when she murdered John. So, it wasn't like... Yeah, I mean, that I agree with. Okay, you, I guess you can plead insanity if you knew exactly what you were doing, the consequences, and if you were in the right mind, right? During yeah. the trial, she had no emotions and she didn't show any kind of remorse. But towards the end of the trial, she stayed acting she started acting crazy. So, like, she would scream in the middle of the trial and then rock back and forth. But she didn't fool anyone because she had never done that before, and they all knew that it was just an act. The judge ruled her guilty. She got life in prison without the possibility of parole. She was Australia's first woman sentenced to life in prison. So, good job, Catherine. You finally won something in life. In 2006, she tried to file for an appeal. She said her crime didn't fit her punishment. I'm rolling my eyes if you can't see me. So Yeah. But luckily she was denied. Catherine Knight is still alive today and she is 66 years old. She is detained in Silverwater Women's Correctional Center where she is known as the Nana. And the girls in prison actually say she runs the joint. And they look up to her. 
she's not allowed a cellmate because they are nervous that she will kill again. And she attends church and sings in the choir at the prison. So, yeah, that's the, the story of the female Hannibal Lecter. That was a good that was a good um, story to cover, Haley. So I'm glad we I'm glad we decided. Yeah, I, I'm glad we just didn't give up on it because I'd never actually heard of her. Uh, and you would think a case like that would get like a lot of attention. But I guess it, it was a while back. So who knows what it was like back then, you know. Um, but yeah, this was a good one to cover. I liked it. Liked it. Not like I liked it that people died. I liked it that, you know, we talked right. about it. It's a. I feel like it's a good one. It's very gory. And like when you and I, like we've talked about this before, but you and I started this podcast thinking like women don't get caught. They're smart they they poison yeah which they're not messy they're clean did i say that right yeah and she was Mm -hmm. a poisonous but that's the only one so far that we've done a poison yeah she was also the cleanest one so far yeah she got away probably the longest yeah i mean in america i don't think she would have gotten away i think unless she confessed yeah, I, I think she would have gotten away in America. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, that was the case, guys. Um, I hope you guys had a, a large drink for this one or two. <laughs> yeah, it was a gnarly yeah. one. And by the time you're hearing this, we'll have been launched. And I really hope you enjoy it. And please leave us a review on whatever platform you're listening on. If you And I know, like, Spotify, you can't really leave a review. So jump on Apple Podcasts. Leave us a review. The algorithm loves reviews. We're really trying to get on new and noteworthy. We have eight weeks to do so. We also would love to hear from you guys. Don't just review. Like, review people. Like, fo- hit subscribe, follow, whatever button. But also hit, you know type up a quick review if you like us and you know we would love to hear from you feedback there's email information yeah there's email information on our ig page uh facebook page and um whatever but definitely facebook and ig has all of our contact yeah, information. i think that's right now <laughs> facebook ig and then you can email us at dimes of crime at gmail.com yeah uh we would love any kind of feedback or even if you just have a case that you're like oh you have to do this or this girl in my hometown she did this crazy crime and it could be any crime it could be murder it can be a bank robbery it can be anything that comes uh, an accomplice anything that you think is literally anything we'd love to hear from you guys and know that we'll read everything and maybe even respond to you guys you know if you are okay with that but yeah yeah, no, we'll definitely be responding to everything. And the hotline, um, I texted you. Yeah, so I got <laughs> it right here. Uh, for domestic violence hotline, and we really urge you to get help. Well, you can call them at 1-800-799-SAFE. And then I think you can call them at 7 two, or text them at 7233. And then if you go to their website, which is just the thehotline.org for national domestic violence. You can chat with them right there on the website. So go do that if you are experiencing troubles at home. All right. We love you guys. We will see you and hear from you next Tuesday with a drink in hand with another episode. Yeah, Don't let the murder thoughts bite. Bye.